Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, back with another lockdown-inspired episode focused on digital advertising's COVID recovery. If you haven't already, check out iabuk.com forward slash connected, which is where you can find a range of initiatives, insights and guides from IAB members, as well as a host of useful resources designed to help you adapt during lockdown. Today, we're talking kids, specifically how they've been feeling and behaving these past few months. I caught up with James Erskine and Sophie Thurwell from Rocket, who are a youth and children's marketing business, to get kids' perspective on what lockdown has meant so far, the role digital and technology is playing, and who are the youth brands that have pivoted brilliantly. But we started by talking about why it's important to understand youth audiences now more than ever. Well, I think it's been almost everything's been sped up through um, uh, through the recent lockdown and through COVID-19, but almost every household now revolves around the children. Mm. I've got two children and certainly they're the bosses in this house. And I kind of think every brand now has to be a, a, a children's brand or at least having an understanding of children. And then the next stage of that is that data can only tell you so much. Mm. The next thing after data for me is is almost feelings, if you like, and, and how children are feeling. And it's it's almost about how they're saying stuff as opposed to what they're saying. Well, the, the feelings is a brilliant bit. And, and, and Sophie, you do a, um, a video series called Little Shots. You ask kids between five and 11 questions about products. They do reviews on things and, you know, you get their take on things that are happening in the world. One of the recent ones you've done, of course, is around how they're feeling around uh, COVID and lockdown. Uh, what did it What did it tell you? Yeah, so the Little Shots is um, our panel of children. Uh, they they, they, well, they start at like five, um, three to 11, I'd say is the sweet spot. Um, and yeah, each month we talk to them about products the news how they're feeling and so obviously asking them how they're feeling in lockdown um was just something that we that we had to do um albeit remotely um and yeah the first time we actually spoke to our panel of children was back in april um and you know there was still a little bit of like they're still in the easter holidays it's being it's fun at home you know that you know siblings have maybe come home from university and mum and dad are back at home working you know it was all very much the families together um but there was you know there was a an air of uncertainty frustration at that point you know they weren't being able to see their friends and as much as they'd like to they weren't going to school so yeah it just it made us think about sort of how we how we speak to brands that are now trying to maybe reach a family that are at home together Mm. um and just you know how they're how they're making fun for themselves and how different families are dealing with it and I think yeah it's invaluable I mean some of it is very cute you know lots of the children were saying that you know their parents would make awful teachers um but you know it it is more so it yeah it it just, just does create really valuable insight into that audience. IAB UK. During lockdown what has been the hardest thing to get used to? Staying in my house the whole time. Mm, not playing with my friends and not having my daddy here. Just being with my family constantly because it's driving me insane. I would say that the hardest thing to get used to would be transitioning from public school to online school. IAB UK. And I remember at the very start, myself, this sense of 
<laughs> anxiety and everything was sort of very complicated when stuff started to get locked down you didn't know what you could do or didn't do did you see anything James in terms of like explainers for kids I mean there were some brilliant ones out there but anything that's going on whether it's uh, the virus itself or washing hands or social distancing anything you've seen that you thought yeah that, that, well, that was pretty good I think the first thing to say was explaining I've got a you know in my own household I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old mm. and the first thing was trying to explain the how big what we're going through is just yeah. saying this doesn't happen every year there hasn't been a COVID 18 mm. 17 and 16 this isn't the great sequel yeah, yeah. I think uh, the, the other kind of in terms of an explainer probably the best one that I saw was the most harrowing and it was that one that quite a few people saw I think it came out of Australia which was the um the matches to yeah, try and explain yeah. social distancing and how all the matches would light unless one person took a step back and that was a probably aimed at kind of a slightly older audience than mm. kids but also just right the way back from and it almost seems twee now but the baked potato song was probably the most yeah, effective, yeah, yeah. wasn't it just the fact that it got to number one and everybody everybody remembers to wash their hands and not touch their face yeah, so, yeah. What, what about the role of technology and i wonder if any of this came through it's typically certainly in my house it's a it's a fight to limit technology and screen time and you know you sort of try and do lots of things that are that are maybe a bit more offline when you can't get exposure to friends and family and things like that there's sort of the technology bit increases and i remember listening to you very on a, a podcast about actually you should just completely chill out about it because it's a very strange situation so don't don't stress over trying to limit ipads and all the rest of it anything on technology and the role it's served because of course it's enabling people to talk to each other kids especially but things like home- homeschooling and learning as well so anything there or any point of view on on tech and how it's worked what seemingly happens is in lockdown particularly you're just going from screen to screen Mm. and kids certainly my children are no different you'll go to a youtube video to start a project you'll then go to a zoom call with your friends i mean again an idiosyncrasy of of my own household is because my son is doing his remote learning through microsoft teams right and for whatever reason i i back the zoom horse for for meetings mm. he's a lot more skilled at uploading assignments than <laughs> on teams than i ever will be you know so so there's there's kind of the quirks there mm. i think from a kind of macro level that was one of the questions that we asked our little shots what technology is working for you i think the talking to parents there are kind of ways to bend the rules so does an audio book count as screen right, time right. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, that, there, yeah. are, there are ways to cheat the system and there are things that are making parents feel better one of our clients is immediate media and we work for lots of their children's magazines mm. and actually magazines have seen a bit of an uplift from the, the likes of the weak junior because yeah, yeah, yeah. again it's that nice thing in that it's a new treat that isn't necessarily a, um, a, a another screen. So. Just listening to like what the little shots are saying and stuff, it's it is giving people more opportunity to speak to their friends, mm. and it is kind of still building that like community aspect of it. Maybe like FaceTime in their grandparents, yeah. um, which you know people are like they can't see their friends and family, but it's really fun that they can maybe do that with family members distant. So. I know that there's always it's always going to be is there too much screen time but I think what we've learned from having that is that hopefully the habits kind of continue and that people do think oh okay maybe just because I mean you can sometimes go like in life two months without seeing a friend but now that we can't do it and now that kids can't see their friends it seems as though we should be making more effort so hopefully like 
you know, the ease of technology has meant that we will kind of continue this habit of of making sure that we're connected to as, as many people as we want to be. That's a really, really good point. And you sort of wonder if this had happened 20 years ago and we didn't have all this technology and we sort of weren't as connected and maybe in sort of the, the, the darkest moments of it feeling really full on, you were kind of thankful that, you, you know, you could FaceTime and stuff like that. Uh, just picking up on your point, Sophie, what the sort of the million dollar question at the moment is, there's been a bunch of new behaviours and trends that we've seen all over the place. I mean, vid- video calling grandparents thing is one of them. Would that <laughs> ever have happened had we not been in this situation? What, what are the things that you think are going to stick and sort of become part of this hashtag new normal? And what are the things where people are just going to, well, that was all right for the four months that we were in lockdown, but I'm just going to revert. I'm not going to do a, 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 you know, a hundreds and hundreds of pounds weekly shop anymore because I can go and get little bits again. A- any sense of what might stay and, and what we might revert to? Yeah, I mean, I love that point. I mean, I don't go to the shop every evening on my way home from the tube. So (laughs) it's made people think outside of the box and Mm. a bit more creatively. Um, Both brands who are trying to reach their audiences and also us as human beings, you know, we're we're maybe doing stuff in lockdown that we didn't think that we would have done. Um, We're doing those things that we we've been trying to do for years but we haven't got round to um but yeah I don't know I think that I think creativity is definitely one um I think you know if for example like how people have used different ways to to entertain themselves I think that's something that's definitely going to stay around I mean we are a nation of quizzes if we weren't aware of that already Jeez, I mean, I've lost count. I mean, it's been some good ones. There's been some howlers as well. Um, but be- best quiz for you so far, James? Um, I will be really, really smug and arrogant here. And I will do with the round that we did for my in-laws family. And it was the physical challenge round. Wow. And it involved a toilet roll haul, a toaster race, a kettle race, and then a uh, tin pile, and who could ever uh, build the highest tower of tins? Uh, and it was they were the four different questions or parts of the physical fantastic. challenge round. So yeah, that was great. You sort of, sort of turn up with a head. You've been watching eggheads for a week, trying to swat up for James's quiz, and you end up having to build a tower out of some toilet rolls. That uh, was it. That's exactly it. Which is, which is yeah. brilliant. What What are some of the things do, do you think, James, that could only have happened during uh, during lockdown? Well, I'll give you one example. 27.7 million people showed up at a concert and that's never happened before. Mm. So, of course, I'm I'm talking about the Travis Scott gig that took place in Fortnite. Yeah. And there's been another series of concerts announced in Fortnite with Diplo, Young Thug and Noah Cyrus. So, so that's been a huge trend. Who'd have thought that people would mm. a, just go into Fortnite to hang out, i.e. not even play the game. Yeah. So so that's been something. I think from a trivial point, but also something that came out of our Little Shots research, we asked them, um, what, how are mummy and daddy dressing differently? And they, they all said, not smart, that was good. This was the same one that said, they're not as good as teachers as my teachers. But I, I do think um, whether we'll all go back to blazers. Um, mm. and, and do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think that could be something that lasts. And then also I think the other thing that 
we can't get this long into a podcast talking about lockdown without mentioning TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our own podcast called Rocket Fuel, and we had Lucy um, Lucy Loveridge from Gleam, who's the head of talent at Gleam Futures, big social talent business, and she was saying loads of her talent have migrated over to TikTok, really? partly mm. out of pure boredom, mm. <laughs> partly out <laughs> of wanting to crack the last unknown, so a new social platform, and TikTok has just exploded. Yeah. I mean, even during lockdown, we've launched Bloomsbury Publishing's TikTok channel in the UK. We've done a bit of David Walliams's new book and how that's going to be worked on TikTok. It's called The World's Worst Parents. And we've created a meme with Walliams where children can literally say, you are not one of the world's worst parents. Nice. Thanks, mum and dad. So, nice. so working with TikTok to create virality has been something. And I think that's probably would have happened, but I mm. certainly think it's been sped up. Yeah. And there's, there's a bunch of other examples like that as well. You're completely right. Um, uh, winners and losers is probably the wrong term for it. But when you think about brands, and maybe we focus on, on the winners, who are the brands that uh, have sort of really impressed you and taken the initiative and sort of accelerated what they can do anyway? Or, you know, that magic word pivot, who's sort of done the best pivot and come out best in, uh, in lockdown so far? any brand that's been flexible mm. so or useful so we mm. actually work for Merlin Entertainment and there we've done a series of one post lesson plans brought to you by the Sea Life Centre nice. and, so and Merlin again, look after for, for those that aren't aware of Merlin Merlin look after a bunch of uh, sort of theme parks I guess yeah, theme parks, attractions. Yes. They were the, the Shrek Adventure, the London Brilliant. Dungeon. We made a Ghost Stories podcast to keep the London Dungeon fresh. But in terms of actually being useful, these one post lesson plans and also the live streams from the Sea yeah, 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 yeah. have been really, really successful. Again, yes, screen time, but at least it's about nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a, a, perhaps a kind of silly example, if you like. But there's a, um, there's a candle firm called Earl of East Uncommon right. and they very quickly rushed through a series of scents to remind us of places that we missed so they had a scent <laughs> of a cinema they had the scent of a pub nothing to do with us but I just thought that was a really good way to make it's headlines brilliant. and talkability and just seize on the nice part of the things that we're perhaps romanticizing any for you Sophie <laughs> I absolutely love that. I don't know what <laughs> scent of a candle I would want, though, of places I've missed. Um, I think one thing that I've actually noticed from a lot of our clients is how, I mean, we, the account management team, you know, credit to them, they had to shift campaigns overnight, like cinema campaigns into like video on demand, you yeah. know, there was, and we were trying to bring like proactive opportunities to clients to say okay look where can you shift your budget um and i think for for one of our campaigns for bonnier publishing um we sent them a richard and judy opportunity um to be on the tv in their like lockdown special on like the friday and then like less than a week later wow. it was live mm. so um yes yeah, so, i mean it's it's that just being open to new ideas and how quickly brands have had to think, okay, maybe we wouldn't do this normally and we'd have to jump through hoops to get sign off of wherever, but actually, you know, it's, it, it's been credit to people that have actually acted quickly and thought, okay, let's snap up opportunities. There's some sectors that have had a, perhaps a tough sure. time. So we work for a couple mm. of charities and I think, yes, we've been clapping the NHS, mm. but we work for a, a, a brain tumor charity called Brainstorm, and we work for the the pregnancy charity Tommy's. Yeah, and brilliant they've, charity. 
that they mm. are a great charity and both are are suffering i mean there have been less cancer operations happening for, yeah. for all sorts of obvious reasons and maybe they've been removed for from how important they are um, and then the other kind of negative is just any brand that's not shown fl- flexibility i suppose so immediately admiral insurance gave everybody a oh, little bit of money back on their so car insurance good, wasn't it it will just be remembered forever. Yeah. yeah. And it's not <laughs> so, a huge amount of money in the scheme of how much I'm paying them insurance, but it's the gesture and the fact that it's yeah. three point something million overall when you add up their customers. I mean, it's you're right. And at the very start of this podcast, we talked to Lara at DigiDay and she made that brilliant point that, you know, people will remember how they were treated during sort of lockdown from the, from the very start all the way to the end. Uh, and that that will matter when we get back to some sort of normal. But the other bit, I guess, um, which is going to benefit those who are maybe slightly brave and think differently, is this idea of you know things that can only happen physically. Uh, the events business, of course, maybe some of your clients. Um, you know, if you're talking about you know parks that you would go to that have had to close that are maybe just starting to to reopen. Um, we were talking before about universities, and you've had some brilliant innovation around open days. Tell us about that. At first, when we were thinking about how universities are, are currently going to be marking themselves to students that are potentially wanting to start in September, I thought it would just be the virtual, the open days that had to be virtual. But then actually speaking to clients, it was the school visits, it's the UCAS fairs, it's it's just such a number of things. It's not yeah. just people being able to visit a campus they're potentially going to live in for three years, you know, so... Um, yeah, I mean, we've been working with a number of our clients, um, one in which is ESCP, which is a business school in London, um, who have a predominantly international based um, um, cohort of students. So we've had to think of ways to start engaging people online, mm. um, you know, not just campus tours, but lecturers interviews with, with people that are going to be teaching there. Um, all the stuff that you would get and feel from an open day you just they've had to bring to life online with influencers um across events with their key lecturers um and then i guess does it become an open day or has it become an open yeah. week yeah. um yeah. you know the virtual event has meant that it can last for maybe four weeks yeah. um which i think maybe people haven't thought about before um you know why do open days have to be it, one in june and one in july or yeah. a couple in october why can't we have the weather this? usually yeah yeah the british weather um, i mean you can't always bank on sun can you but yeah so i mean i think one thing going forward for this especially for universities who do rely on physical events i think that you know they should always do this virtual mm. virtual um content because people can plug and play at any time like my little brother is just going through that whole process he wanted to go to uni then he didn't and now he's decided he wants to two days before the end of June and it was very stressful for everyone involved (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so he had to he had to look online and he had to and luckily like one of his universities was doing a whole weekend of of events so yeah it does extend the the opportunity What's been incredible about some of the virtual open days that we've run for various different universities, and we work for a few, has been almost you think that you're talking to one student about Mm. one thing, 
and you're often not. So of course you need to do the courses. Of course you probably need to show where they're going to be living. But also we've created a whole tranche of content around what we're calling atmosphere content. Mm. And that's talking to existing students. That's showing what the student union looks like. That's showing the walk from where they'll be sleeping to where they'll be studying. Things that you can only pick up in previous years actually at an open day and then the other thing to consider is who you're talking to because actually you need to make content for their parents so that they almost gets their yes you're not going to be sleeping somewhere dreadful you need content for their <laughs> best friends so they can show off about the sort of places nice. they're going to be studying yeah. and you need content for them to say it's not going to be that scary so yeah. it's almost different kinds of content that you would that it all gets soaked up in an open day but it's about making that accessible and it's about the discoverability and the other examples we've had is we work for quite a few publishers and launching a book Mm. it's another one where will you just do it at either a Waterstones or a cocktail bar. That's it. That's how it's always been done. (laughs) But suddenly working on virtual book launches and virtual Q&As, we've done some with influencers where the influencers have asked their audience to give them five questions. We've done some with one presenter where we've run it like a live stream, like kind of a, a, a more traditional webinar. But it's funny, lots of our university clients and publishing clients have said, what's a virtual open day? What's a virtual book launch? Well, it's like, well, we don't know, and nor do you, because we're going to make it up together. So that's been quite yeah. an exciting challenge. But it's a good point, isn't it? And it's you're right on the atmosphere stuff. It's all the nuances that, uh, you know, even just with physical meetings, the, the 30 seconds of sort of rubbish chat about your weekend that you do before before you get into it, or the look you can give someone across the room, you, you do lose all that. I, I mean it's brilliant that we've got the technology and video conferencing is fantastic and and 90% of what we were doing before we can do again but it's such an important point that atmosphere point it's a really really good one um I I wanted to finish we always finish and we talk about uh uh, we talk about lockdown to-do lists we've been asking a lot of people and I would love to know uh from each of you did you make a lockdown to-do list and if you did is there anything that you've ticked off it maybe you first Sophie we're getting to the end of lockdown now, so I mean, if you have yeah. done anything, I mean, time's short. I mean, if I mean, if the listeners could see my face, it's clear that I really haven't <laughs> achieved much. Um, I, do you know what? My lockdown to do list was like maintain your schedule, maintain your like. I mean, I'm a I'm a gym person, and so right. I had to overhaul my fitness. I mm-hmm. thought, right, come on, Soph, you've got to get out there and start running. Um, and yeah, I feel like kind of like the couch to 5k but yeah um no so that's been a good thing um and other than that just like try not to overeat because you're at home all day so easy Uh, (laughs) i know so bad lockdown to-do list for for you james i mean it could be language learning you could learn to fish Uh, mine was nothing okay (laughs) i had a few few audio books a few fairly weighty tomes the one thing is that with my commute going yeah. My podcast and audio yeah, 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 yeah. time has has gone from everywhere to nothing. Mm. So I've I've actually kind of missed that. Um, but my big task was a blazer audit. So I'm a man of a certain <laughs> age that's broadly worked in digital marketing. <laughs> so all I am is jeans, t-shirt, and a blazer. Brilliant. And they I had just overgrown my wardrobe, and I had rationalised that, and I achieved that despite talking about it for all three months of lockdown. I achieved that last week. Good man. Congratulations. Big day in our house. Lots of blue, I'd imagine. That always seems to be the case when you do the audit. It's just it's different things of blue. 
different shades of blue. You're um, exactly right. Th- thank you both so much for giving up some time this morning to talk to us. Um, it, it sounds like you've got some amazing briefs on the table and there's lots of people thinking differently. I loved all the little shot stuff uh, as well. So thank you for sharing that. But um, yeah, all the best with the rest of lockdown and we'll speak to you soon. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. See ya. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising. James and Sophie from Rocket there. I love two things. I love the Sea Life Centre one-page lesson plans. I think that's brilliant. And I loved the conversation about university open days and how doing them virtually just isn't about showing you the campus and the room you're going to stay in and the the hall you're going to have your lectures in. There's so much more that goes into it. James was talking about atmosphere content. I just think that's a, a really interesting thought for anyone who's doing anything virtual. You kind of have to go beyond delivering what people are expecting. You need to try and try and replace some of that stuff that you would get uh, in real life which I think is the actually the most difficult bit about doing anything uh, virtually but that was a really good point uh, that's it for today but we're going to be back this week with another episode and if you want to listen to more episodes like this one you can find them all on our site at ibuk.com forward slash connected or of course in all the usual places you get your podcasts from thanks very much for listening IAB UK. 